Bounces, hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. Yes, I am Trent Rush. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, here whether you found us on iTunes or at angels.com slash podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might have been. We're certainly glad that you are here. Uh, I'll just be honest for a second. We are in uncharted waters here on the Angels Recap Podcast. We're at a point now with the 2018 season in the books. The Angels sitting right now without a manager and Billy Epler on that search right now. We're going to talk about that search and who Billy Epler is wanting to bring in for this Angels organization. That conversation is going to be had a little bit later on. On this podcast today, we'll have my chat with Shohei Otani at Japan Day. It was awesome. We had Otani up on stage. We got that conversation for you coming up in a little bit. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani's Rookie of the Year chances, Mike Trout's Gold Glove and MVP case. We're going to get Billy Epler's thoughts on both Otani and Mike Trout. By the way, Shohei did have a successful Tommy John surgery on Monday, performed in Los Angeles by Dr. Neil Elitrosh. So he is on the mend, and I know that he is a part of the plan uh, hitting-wise for the Angels in 2019, though we're not going to see him pitch probably. I mean, realistically, he's not going to pitch until 2020. That's the deal with Shohei Otani there. But the biggest story out of Sunday, a lot of fans stayed for the press conference. I had a chance to be in the room when Mike Sosha announced he would be stepping down as Angels manager. Uh, it was an emotional press conference, to say the least, though. We carried it live here on AM830. We're going to have that press conference for you at the very end of this podcast. So stick around. We're going to go through the whole podcast. Then we're going to have the press conference for you uh, at the end of that, if you'd like to relive it. Uh, I, I think it's important that that press conference lives on, because what Mike Sosha said in that moment, I thought was pretty poignant and uh, really spoke to, I think that we realize what Mike Sosha has meant for Angels baseball, and it was cool to see on that day what Angels baseball has meant and means to Mike Sosha. So that was uh, an enjoyable thing for me. Um, it was an emotional thing for everybody in that room, especially Sosha, who was up on stage. And after the greatest 19-year run that this franchise has ever known, it's going to be hard to find a replacement for somebody like that. But I am optimistic that Billy Epler is up to the task, that uh, the Angels are going to have the ability and the chance uh, to make this team really special. Because when you have a guy like Mike Trout and a guy like Shohei Otani and a lot of other big-time players, when you're thinking about the Justin Uptons and the Anderson Simmons of the world, not to mention future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols' bat, uh, hopefully coming back healthy uh, for the start of the 2019 season, that's a pretty good recipe. And I, I think that the Angels... Angels are in a position where they should be able to get whatever manager they want because this is a desirable job uh, in a lot of respects. So I would imagine that uh, the Angels are going to get the best manager that they possibly can because this is an incredibly desirable job. I can't think of a baseball person uh, that would want to turn down the chance to manage Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. That's just not going to happen. But in the meantime, I do want to take a moment to reflect on the legacy that Mike Sosha has left here with Angels Baseball, one of the most important figures in this organization's history. So now let's take a look back 
at Mike Sosha's Legacy here with the Angels. For 19 seasons, the Angels have had the most stable of cornerstones as a tactician in the dugout and a leader in the clubhouse. Mike Sosha has been more than skipper, so no need to call him that. Sosha will do just fine. Today, an era comes to a close. The greatest era in the history of the franchise. No 19-year stretch has been even close to the last 19 Angel seasons. From a World Series championship to six division titles, a Cy Young Award, three MVP awards, 1,650 wins, and the first player to go into Cooperstown at the Halo Hat have all taken place with Iron Mike at the helm. From the day he was hired, November 19, 1999, the Dodgers World Series hero would carve out quite the second act 30 miles down the five in Anaheim. Soch took an organization seemingly in disarray to euphoria just three years later. Here's the pitch to Lofton. Fly ball, center field. Erstad says he's got it. Erstad makes the catch. The Anaheim Angels are the champions of baseball. And in many ways, that was just the beginning. With new ownership after the 2003 season, Artie Moreno brought Soch serious support with Hall of Fame slugger Vlad Guerrero and ace pitcher Bartolo Colon that winter. Vladdy went on to win the AL MVP the next season and Bart the AL Cy Young the year after that. The Angels won their first ever back-to-back division titles those seasons and they'd win another in 2007 when Mike Sosha became the winningest manager in franchise history. By 2008, it was time for another milestone, a 100-win season, something the Angels had never done before. And in 2009, Soch was named Manager of the Year by the baseball writers for the second time as the Halos won their third straight AL West crown, an especially emotional division title after the passing of 23-year-old Nick Aidenhart earlier that season. April 9, 2009 was the darkest day in the history of Angels baseball, but the Halos would proceed that we'll never forget. In fact, to this day, the Angels Pitcher of the Year receives the Aidenhart Award every season. That decade, the Angels won 900 games, by far the best 10-year stretch the franchise has ever known. Not to mention, 09 was also the year the Angels found baseball's next generational talent. With the 25th selection in the first round of the 2009 first-year player draft, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim select Michael Trout. The next nine, however, have been tougher. After losing the ALCS in six games to the eventual champion Yankees in 09, the Halos finished the next year under 500 for the first time since 2003. The Angels wouldn't get back to October until 2014. That was the year the Angels' all-time record moved to over 500, and they had the best record in all of baseball that season. But when a red-hot Royals team came through the Big A, the Halos would be bounced without a playoff win, something they're still searching for. This year, a personal milestone for Mike Sosha came on May 29th when he passed his mentor Tommy Lasorda with his 1600th career win. And as it stands now, Mike Sosha is 18th on the all-time managerial wins list. While this era with the Angels comes to an end, for Mike Sosha, he hopes his love affair with baseball can continue. Angels radio voice Terry Smith has been with Sosha since 2002 and Monday asked Mike Sosha if he hopes to continue managing beyond this season. I think that if you love something, you want to continue to keep doing it. And if you can, great. And um, if it if it doesn't happen, uh, so be it. But I uh, I do love I love the dugout. It's a love affair that's come with unprecedented greatness for an organization that is otherwise not seen all that much in its 58 year history. But in sports, even the best of success stories eventually come to an end. 
There will be debate on the social legacy for years to come, and most of those conversations will include the word Cooperstown. And as a new era begins, for Angels fans, only two words seem appropriate for Mike Sosha. Thank you. For AM830, I'm Trent Rush. Quite honestly, it's kind of weird thinking about what Angels baseball is going to be like without Mike Sosha. I'll just speak personally for a second. That I mean, I'm somebody that you know has lived in Orange County my entire life. I you know Mike Sosha in my most formative years of becoming a sports fan uh, was hired as the Angels manager, and and, and I grew up with Sosha managing this team, and and really the last you know three years especially uh, parts of four years. Now I've gotten a lot of chance, uh, a lot of chances to be around Mike Sosha, and uh, you know the last two and a half seasons really every single day uh, talking to Mike Sosha uh, about about baseball in this game and you know what he's been able to teach me about what I think is the greatest game in the world um, is uh, something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life and I'm uh, I for one personally am very thankful uh, for what Mike Sosha uh, has done not just for this organization but for me personally uh, Sosha is one of those guys a true genuine baseball man and being in that room at the time of the press conference um, uh, people were asking me about this on Twitter that what it was like behind the scenes. I mean, you had Sosha had his wife in the room. There were executives, all the top executives for the Angels organization. They were in that room. A lot of reporters, some reporters that we hadn't seen in months, were in that room. And you could see, you know, right away, Sosha kind of. I mean, he he wasted no time in his press conference. Got right to it. Uh, the, the first words were uh, he, that he was going to be stepping down, and. Then I, I think that he kind of, in his mind, had an idea of what he wanted to say, and I think he knew it was going to be tough. Um, but then you got to see a side of Mike Sosha that was no longer scripted. Um, he was so pure and genuine, and it really came out the moment the clubhouse door opened and in walked Mike Trout, Justin Upton, and Cole Calhoun. And now I've been told, I, again, I, I was sitting, I, I was lucky enough, I sat in the first row and Trout actually sat right behind me. But I later found out that their whole team was watching on a monitor right outside of the press conference room. And there were a lot of other reporters there, a lot of other people like in that hallway, kind of like in the lobby to go into the press conference room. There were, the whole team was out there wanting to watch this. Um, but, you know, it was one of those that, you know, Mike Trout and Justin Upton and, and Cole Calhoun said, nah, I'm not watching on monitor. I want to be there. And I, I think when you saw Soch see them, that's when he start started to lose it because Soch is a player's manager. He has always been about his guys and um, to see that, you know, uh, Mike Trout walk in that room with Jay up and Cole and, and, and to, to be there for him in that moment, you, know, you could see how much that truly meant to him. And, and uh, then it was the waterworks. And, and I'll just tell you, you know, when, when Soch, Soch's the toughest guy I know. So when that dude starts swelling up and uh, in terms of the eyes and you start seeing the tears and it's a little red and all of a sudden there's lots of dust in that room and I mean he looks you dead in the eyes at one point I think he did he probably every person in the room at some point he probably looked square in the eyes and um, if you were able to keep it together in that moment more power to you that was tough that was tough that's an emotional time um Tim Salmon of course, World Series hero for this Angels organization in the Angels Hall of Fame. I had a chance to talk with Fish about what it was like playing for Mike Sosha. 
Tim, what do you remember about playing for Mike Socia and what he meant to you as a manager? <clears throat> wow. Um, a lot of a lot of different things. I mean, I think uh, my first impressions of him were um, one of, you know, just like, wow, I mean, this is what a player's manager really is. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, got along with the guys and, you know, made jokes and, you know, really built, built camaraderie in the clubhouse and kept things loose. And, and um, it was quite a change for me going from all the old school managers I had at that point to somebody like him. So, it was uh, it was pretty refreshing, you know. As far as the prep, I mean, just watching him on a day in and day out basis. I mean, there was nobody that I had ever played for that was more prepared. Um, you'd walk by his office, um, and he'd always be lean back in his chair. I, I mean, I have this vision: lean back in his chair, you know, with a stat book, stat pack in his hand, or you know, going through stats, or in other occasions, maybe going through the major, league, the official major league baseball rules. You know, I mean. You know, he was a guy that was never going to be unprepared or never um, find himself in a situation where somebody had the upper hand on him. And I, and I always thought that was pretty impressive. I mean, um, he is a sharp guy. He's a master communicator. And, uh, you know, when I look back on my career, I mean, just thankful that, uh, you know, he came at the right time. You know, I mean, got us to the postseason and we won a world championship under his, you know, tenure. And, and uh, I just can't be more grateful than than that. You know, another cool thing to me about the social legacy is that Tim Salmon coaches high school kids in Arizona. They, he, so everything that Tim Salmon learned about baseball in his life, and much of it was influenced by Mike Socia that Fish just said, now he gets to pass that along to the next generation of players and, and spend time with kids coaching them at the high school level uh, back home in Arizona. And, and then you have a guy like Troy Percival, who's doing that at the college level uh, here at nearby UC Riverside. And I talked with Percy about what he was able to learn from Soch that he's able to pass on now that he's coaching in the college game. I, I love playing for Mike. You know, he's a very strong-willed person. Uh, as am I. So, you know, we always had our discussions, but when you left the room, you, you know you're in good hands. Um, he always makes good decisions. You can trust him. Uh, I don't think he's done. I think he's going to find another place. He's just too good at this not to keep going. And now that you're managing and you're coaching, how much were you able to learn from him that you can apply to your college guys? I know the game's a lot different. You know, I talked to him today and told him, you know, between him and Joe Madden, and, you know, and I was under some other good ones, under, you know, Leland and LaRusa, but. You know, 90% of what I take came from him, Joe Madden, you know, and then little bits and pieces. So uh, I can't say, can't say I'm as good as him, but uh, there's a lot of him in me. I think it says a lot about somebody that when you talk to, especially coaches, when you talk to their former players, and maybe not everybody got along on the field at the time, and there would be disagreements and discussions. And then when they talk about you, I mean, nobody you know, said it's a bad word. They, they love Soch. People rave about him and the job that he did uh, in the dugout. Really impressive uh, hearing from people like Fish and, and Troy Percival. And I talked to Shigatoshi Asagawa about how Soch used the bullpen and, and how he loved how Soch used the bullpen as a reliever because he knew that when that phone rang, he had five pitches. He got warmed up quick, and he was out on the field, and he was ready to roll. And he really appreciated that from Mike Sosha and what he was able uh, to take from that experience. Uh, it, it, it's cool hearing just all the stories, and there's going to be a lot more. And we're going to talk about this in, in some of our off-season shows too. But it is important now that you know, really, okay. So Sunday was the end of the 2018 season. Honestly, the next day, October 1st, Monday, 
That was the beginning of the 2019 season for this Angels organization. And the very first order of business for Billy Epler is finding a new manager. And when it comes to the kind of manager that Billy Epler wants, here's what Epler had to say about who some candidates are and what kind of criteria he's looking for to be the Halos' next skipper. There's going to be a number of candidates. There's going to be more external candidates uh, than internal candidates. Um, but there are you know, a handful of, of internal guys that we're going we're gonna to talk to. Um, what we're looking for uh, in that next manager uh, is a connectivity with the players. Um, we're looking for somebody um, who can think with a probability-based mindset. Um, we're going to look for um, someone that's eager to grow, evolve, um, Someone that can develop a a culture that will put the welfare of the team above any singular person. Um, But those are the the criteria um, that we're going to look for in our our next manager. And when Billy Epler says probability-based mindset being a criteria for the next Angels manager, here is a more detailed explanation as to what he means by that. Making decisions in-game tactically that tilt the win expectancy or the run expectancy in your favor so um, it's not always going to work out right if if you have a uh, you know league average reliever pitching to a league average hitter odds are that league average hitter will not get on base right and so you might not have the result you wanted right if you wanted the guy on base but your process was right your, your mindset was right. Your decision-making was right. And that's what we're looking for, somebody that understands probability. That's one of the criteria that we're looking for. I should say there's a lot of criteria. And while finding the manager is the most important thing that has to get done right away for this Angels team, the other part, too, is addressing things on the field. I mean, Mike Sosha said it perfectly clear in his press conference At the end of the day, this game is about the players, and the Angels need the players to have that success on the field, especially when you look at the pitching staff. I mean, the Angels pitching staff this past season finished 19th in ERA, uh, the bullpen 26th in saves, uh, 27th in save percentage, starter innings pitched, the Angels are 29th. Only Tampa Bay had fewer starter innings than the Angels did, and they were using an opener for most of the season. So really, that was an area the Angels really struggled. Uh, in, in fact, uh, when you're looking at guys that, that had big-time outings, uh, the Angels had one 10-game winner. Only two guys had double digits in quality starts, uh, which is crazy to think about. Uh, really, I mean, you're looking at uh, the Angels team that allowed the eighth-most home runs in all of baseball. They used 16 different starters this year. Really, outside of Andrew Heaney, Jaime Berea, Tyler Skaggs, and then ultimately Felix Pena down the stretch, there just was not that consistency uh, across the board with this Angels team when it came to being able to get a lot of starts, get a lot of outings. Nobody had, uh, Andrew Heaney had 180 innings pitched. The next closest on this Angels staff was Jaime Berea at 129 and a third. So, um, even though Jaime Berea had a great year, 26 starts, um, Andrew Heaney was really the only full-time starter it kind of felt like when you were looking at the stats across the board. Heaney kind of jumps off the page. Jaime Berea uh, had a good year. Tyler Skaggs had a good year. Felix Pena had a good year. But the injuries to this pitching staff crushed this team in so many different ways. And Billy Epler knows that pitching has to be a priority. 
you know, I, I, we're going to be in the pitching market, both in the starting and the relief market. Is it going to yield, you know, a player that we actually acquire? That, that's hard to predict. Um, but we're going to be in that marketplace, and we're going to be having a lot of conversations, um, you know, with the, the agents of, of those players in, in that marketplace. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I would like to, you know, get through a season with six starters. I think that would be awesome. Um, is that a reality? It's far and few between how many teams have actually really done that. Um, we're going to prepare for adversity. Um, that's kind of what you know, we have to do. Um, but, uh, but you know, we do we do hope that we can get through it with um, a little less patchwork than, than we've had to in the last couple seasons. And, and I will tell you this, some of that patchwork um, uh, has identified some pretty good players. And um, and some guys that we've retained and will continue to retain, um, and we'll continue to put them in in good roles um, and uh, in meaningful roles. So there's there's been a um, you know I guess a silver lining in, in some of that adversity. Um, you know, is uncovering some some talent um, that was out there in the marketplace and and you know readily available, so to speak. So um, we'll continue to do that, too, because we can't close the door on anything. And when it comes to what the Angels are going to do this offseason, if it means going after pitching, which it sounds like the Angels are going to do, and also trying to fill spots as far as position players go. Now, last season, the Angels needed a lot of help. They needed a left fielder. They needed a second baseman. They needed a third baseman. Those holes were filled. But Billy Epler this year seems to like what he has in the system as far as position players go and being able to promote uh, basically from within. We have more depth on the position player side than we've had. Um, so you've seen in past years, um, notably last year, second base, third base, and left field needed to, needed to be handled. Um, we brought in Ian Kinsler. Uh, we brought in Zach Cozart and Justin Upton. So we had to check some boxes on the position player side while being patient with some of our farm system and allowing those players to develop um, at their own rate. So now that you've seen David Fletcher and Taylor Ward and Michael Hermosillo, and you are aware of the names, some of you have written stories about um, Matt Thice, Luis Rangifo, who came over in the, in the C.J. Crone Tate, Jose Braceno and Arcia, who, who popped up here, Jared Walsh, um, who's made a name for himself as well in AAA. So that kind of position player depth, knocking on the door, pushing their way in here, allows us now um, to direct uh, more fo- focus towards the pitching side. And, um, and, and, and we've always been opportunistic there, um, but that depth now gives us comfort that we did not have in previous years. Another thing Billy Epler talked about in his meeting with the media uh, this past Monday was about Shohei Otani. Now, Shohei had successful surgery on that very day, performed by Dr. Neil Elitrosh, and things apparently went very well. And it was a successful surgery, all is good there. And the Angels are optimistic that Otani is going to be a part of the hitting plan for next season. And, And really, the people that I have talked to have said that 
hitting can be very realistic by like the start of the season for Shohei Otani. So I don't know what that necessarily is going to mean. I mean, that's assuming that there are no setbacks and everything goes perfectly. And again, that's not coming from the Angels, but just other people that I've talked to. It is not out of the realm of possibility that Otani could be hitting in April for this Angels team. So that's why it was so important for him to have the surgery right away as soon as the season was over. He had it. It went well. And now it's time to rehab. He's going to spend more time here in the United United States. I know he wanted or at least was planning on going back to Japan for a little bit more than he's going to actually do this offseason. He's going to be around to try to get ready for the year so he can hit, and he hit at such a high level. Rookie of the year caliber level, I think to me as a hitter, not to mention the fact that he also was doing something that hadn't been seen in a century, and that was to pitch as well. In my opinion, and we're going to find out November 12th, but in my opinion, Shohei Otani is a lock for American League Rookie of the Year. I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but to me, Shohei Otani far better than Miguel Andujar, uh, even more so than Gleyber Torres, and the hitting numbers are in the mix But the pitching is what sets it apart. The phenomenon that has been Shohei Otani this entire season sets him apart. And actually, before the final game of the season on Saturday at Japan Day, which was an awesome event, by the way. Anybody that had a chance to get out to Japan Day was cool. There was so much music and dancing. And I was on stage when they were doing judo on stage, and it was really cool. Now, I was a little nervous for a second standing up there because I'm thinking this stage is going to cave in the way that these guys were uh, slamming each other uh, to the ground there. But that said, it was really cool to watch. It was all okay. Lots of fun. Shikatoshi Asagawa was there. He and I had a good chat on stage as well. But really, what everyone had come to see, and I'm telling you, it was like New Year's Eve, Times Square, crazy, because everybody wanted to see the rock star that is Shohei Otani. And here's what it was like on stage with Shohei uh, that Saturday for Japan Day on the final weekend of the season. Shohei, all season long, Angels fans have come, whether it be from Japan, all across Southern California, all across America, to see you, but especially uh, the fans that have come here from Japan. How much support have you felt from your home country this year? まあ、今年1年目でま、もちろん全米からも多くのファンを駆けつけたり、ま、特に日本から駆けつける、駆けつけてるファンが多いと思うんですけど、ま、日本からの応援はどれぐらい実際感じてるんでしょうか。ま、
where they have the big picture of my face. <laughs> I think they do that with Mike Trout and everything, but I think that's pretty cool. It has been cool. Uh, Shohei, I think fans want to know, I know I want to know, just what this year has been like for you and how much have you enjoyed your time one full season now playing uh, here in Major League Baseball with the Angels? そう、みんなが知りたがっていることだと思うんですけど、ま、1年間こうやってプレイしてきて、ま、そっちくな感想をお聞かせください。メジャーリーグでプレイして。ま、怪我もあったりとか、あの、いろいろあったんですけど、全
Thank you so much. And how about these fans right here? Give them one more loud round of applause for Shohei Otani. I love it. Shohei, best of luck to you tonight and looking forward to catching up at spring training. Take care, man. Man, Shohei is the absolute best. By the way, he would be named the American League Rookie of the Month for September. Mike Trout was named the American League Player of the Month for September. Uh, I do want to weigh in on this for a second because we talked about Shohei Otani for Rookie of the Year, and I think he's going to get that award. I don't really love Mike Trout's chances to be the MVP this year, honestly. For me, J.D. Martinez, with the monster numbers that he had in terms of not just batting average where he was second behind Mookie Betts, but home runs only behind Chris Davis. He had the the most runs batted in in the American League this year by a lot. When I look at J.D. Martinez's year, to me, that's an MVP year. The other thing, too, Boston wins 108 games this year. What's the biggest difference between the 2017 Red Sox and the 2018 Red Sox? It's J.D. Martinez. So to me, J.D. Martinez looks like a front runner to be the MVP. However, you talk to baseball writers and people that are really uh, are all in with uh, a lot of like the, the major sabermetric numbers, like those that live and die by the war stat, they love putting out that it's going to be Mookie Betts that's going to be the guy to be the American League MVP this year. I would just say this about Mookie Betts, and while he torched the Angels, so I can understand why any Angel fan says, oh, that Mookie Betts guy, he's pretty darn good. I think that if you're going to look at the war stat and you're going to evaluate Mookie Betts, I think that if you're going to say Mookie Betts is your choice for MVP, you can make a great case for Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout, statistically, on the numbers that are most important to those that really believe in a lot of the advanced metrics, and a lot of baseball writers do, a lot of baseball people do, especially today, now more than ever before, Mike Trout's numbers are right there with Mookie Betts, and in many cases, better. So if you're going to say Betts, and I tell you to look at Mike Trout and see what Trouty has done. I also think Mike Trout has played a gold glove caliber center field this year. You talk to a lot of people in the sport about that. I think many people would agree. I think the fact that Mike Trout has no errors says something. And how about this? Since April, or his, his last error was on April the 6th of 2017. And it was mid-June 2016, the last time he had an error before that. So when you think about it, you're, you're talking mid-June 2016 to now, Mike Trout has committed one error. It's crazy when you think about it. Uh, Mike Trout's been really good out in center field. I know that's not the most important defensive metric to go by. I think it is an important metric in some respects to not have any errors. That really says something about your consistency out there defensively. Led the American League among center fielders in defensive run saves. That was a big deal. Ended up picking up like those three extra outfield assists the final two weeks of the season. That was a big help that could help his case. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other numbers out there that don't necessarily favor Mike Trout, though I think the improvement can be shown. It's dramatic from where Mike Trout was last year to this year. Trout, he put his mind to getting better defensively, and he did that in a really big way this year. I think he is a gold glover. And if he continues to improve 
from the way he did last year to this year, if that continues throughout his career defensively, Mike Trout is going to win several gold gloves because it's been really impressive what he has done. I think Angleton Simmons is going to get the gold glove at shortstop. Upton, Trout, Otani, they're all Silver Slugger candidates. Uh, I like Trout's chance to get a Silver Slugger. The other two might be a little tougher. But now with 2018 in the books and you think about what this season was, and yeah, it was disappointing, especially when he came into the year with such high expectations for this team. I personally don't feel this Angels team is all that far away. Now, that's all. there's a lot that has to get done this offseason. Starts with the manager, the pitching must be addressed, and the Angels, they need help. There are a lot of places that they need help, a lot of holes to fill. I'm especially looking at the catcher position as a place where the Angels need some help this year. Uh, among other spots, the outfield is set, but we need to make sure that we can get an entire year of Cole Calhoun and not a half a season of Cole Calhoun, which is basically uh, what we got in 2018. But I am optimistic as to what 2019 can be. I'm also optimistic about what's going on with this podcast. So here's the plan. When the Angels do hire a new manager, this podcast will be back for that. And then we're going to flip things over to the Halo's Hot Stove podcast, which is going to be similar to this one. But instead of being more reflective on you know the past homestand or whatever it was in the offseason, we're going to tell a lot of different stories. We're going to have more information about how you can consume Halo's Hot Stove. It's going to primarily be a show on Angels Radio AM 830. So it's going to be on KLIA. Um, we don't have dates on when that's going to be. Nothing official yet as to when that's going to start. Just know that um, after the World Series, all that's going to be put into motion, and you'll see a lot of stuff on social media. Again, you can follow me at Trent Rush Sports. Be sure to follow the radio station at Angels Radio KLAA on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. Yeah, actually, I'm on Instagram. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm trying that more and more lately. I did a Q&A with some uh, fans uh, on uh, Instagram. It was lots of fun, so we're going to try to do more of that. But now, uh, I want to leave you with Mike Sosha's press conference uh, before we close up our show, because... This was uh, history, and Mike Sosha's 19 years were the best that this organization has could have ever dreamt of. And here's Sosha now taking the podium after the final game of his tenure. Um, I want to make an announcement that I'm going to step down. I will not be returning to manage uh, the Angels next year. Um, and speaking with uh, Anna and our family, um, there's no doubt it's the right move for me. And I think it's, I think it's um, the right move for the organization. So I've had an incredible 19 years. Um, it's been, um, it's been uh, just awesome. So, uh, first, I want to thank Bill Stoneman. Bill, you took a chance on me in 1999, and um, I guess the jury's out if it worked or not, but thank you uh, for that opportunity. Uh, you let us do our thing. We appreciated it. And um, thanks for giving me that opportunity. I want to thank, uh, you know, obviously Artie and Carol Moreno. Can't tell you how much they supported us and our family. And I think uh, they made our family part of this Angel family. And that is something I will never forget. Um, And giving us the opportunity to stay here for 19 seasons just doesn't happen, guys. So believe me, I don't take that for granted. And I want to thank Artie and Carol, um, you know, for that opportunity. Uh, thank John and Billy. I think um, you know their uh, passion for this organization is very strong. Uh, their support is uh, real for um, for everybody in this organization, and it's been um, you know great uh, you know great working with Billy for the last uh, three seasons. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes in 
to a ball club. I think every manager is always concerned with the environment. I can tell you for 19 seasons, this environment in the clubhouse, on the field, traveling on a plane, um, in, the, in the training room, has been uh, second to none. Hey, you guys, you guys go get ice. You guys are off tomorrow, but go get some ice, please. Um, you know, it's been second to none. Um, you know, from, um, you know, Keith Tarter and the clubhouse crew. Um, go ahead and get that. Didn't that didn't happen pregame, too? Um, from Keith Tarter and the clubhouse crew, uh, Diego and the video crew, Adam and uh, Bernard on the medical staff, um, all the doctors, strength and conditioning guys, um, it's been uh, incredible. Um, the coaches. Um, these guys are, would you answer that? <laughs> Give me the phone, I'll talk. Here, let me see who it is. Is you lost in uh, Come here. Give me the phone. Let me call back. Tell you, we're busy right now. The coaches. Um, you know, these guys have become uh, some of our best friends. And I can't tell you, uh, um, you know, what they mean to us as angels. Um, I think anybody that... I'm really happy, guys. I'm sorry, you know, this happened, but um, anybody that came into our organization, I think, knows um, that they were going to have every tool available to them to get better. And I'm really proud of, um, you know, the guys, Alfredo, uh, Dino, these guys have been with us a long time. Um, you know, they were awesome. I want to thank the fans because I don't think guys understand where that sea of red, um, you know, what it meant to us. Three million strong every year. Um, you know, sometimes we had great seasons, sometimes not so great. Okay, that is, that's it. Give me that, John. Give me that phone. Let me answer that. Is that an iPhone 1 that doesn't have an off switch? <laughs> It went the battery out. Um, to see that sea of red every night um, was inspiring to us. And sometimes we never talk about as much as we should. But, you know, Angel fans, don't let anybody sell you short. You guys are passionate. Um, you know the game. And that support was incredible. So um, I definitely got to thank the fans. Um, this game's about the players. It's not about a manager. It's not about a GM, an owner. Sure, there's a lot of things that are important. They're not about the coaches. This game's about the players, and it always will be. And, um, you know, for 19 years, we've had guys that just put it all on the line whether we were going good or going bad. And that's what I'm going to take away. That was so inspiring to me on a personal level to see these guys just go out there and 
just play the way you should play the game. I'll take away the grit of Darren Erstad, the athleticism of Garrett Anderson, the presence of Tim Salmon, the heart and soul of Benjamin Molina, Eckstein, and Kennedy, the competitiveness of Jared Washburn, Jared Weaver, who was the ultimate competitor, and John Lackey. These guys were tremendous, just tremendous on the mound. The fearlessness of Sean Figgins and Eric Ibar, the talent of Howie Kendrick. These guys are special. These guys are special. The phenomenon of Tory Hunter, that's the only way I can explain it. It's a phenomenon. You had to be around Tory. So much fun to watch him play, but you had to see him everywhere else. He was incredible. And you move forward now to so many guys, um, you know, now that we have that are so important to us. You know, the talent of Justin Upton and Andrelton Simmons. Uh, the hard-nosed play of Cole Calhoun. And now you look at, you look at guys like Mike uh, Trout, um, you know, Albert Pujols, and Vlad Guerrero, who will be Hall of Famers with an angel cap on. Can't tell you how much of a privilege it was, you know, to be around them. The thing that I'm going to take away is as good a players as everybody saw they are, and they're the elite players on this planet, these guys are even better people. And that makes us all proud to come and see guys grow from when they get here to be the type of person that we would want and instill the things that we want to put in our own kids. And that's uh, something that's really uh, special to me to see them. And now you get in, you'll get a, a young kid like Shohei Otani comes in from a different country. I know the fans appreciate everything, but you have to see how hard these guys work. You have to see what they do back there. And that's what I say. This game will always be about the players. It's not anything that I've done. It's not anything that Billy or John or Artie has done. There's no way that you look at the wins that we've been able to put up here in 19 years and it doesn't point to anything but the players. And that's what I'll take away from this experience. It's been incredible. So what's next? Well, Ann and I are going to go out back to Thousand Oaks and go out to Mastro's tonight. That's, all. <laughs> that's the first thing on the tap. I don't know if the whole posse's going or it's just us. Do you know yet? Oh, God. I guess it's going to be me and 30 of my closest friends there. But anyway... Um, I have a deep passion for this game. I love it. I love managing. But in this game, you never know if, where, or when an opportunity comes. And I'm fine with it. If something comes and I get another chance, great. If not, believe me, I'm going to take the great experience I had here and uh, just move forward with it. It's been terrific. They don't get better. 
than Mike Sosha. I tell you what, though, this Angels organization's in good hands, and I'm certainly looking forward uh, to what is to come in the future here in 2019. It all is going to get started with this uh, managerial hire, and now it's up to Billy Epler. The clock has already begun on the 2019 season for Angels baseball in that respect. That's going to do it for us here on the final regular season edition of the podcast. Like we said before, we're going to be back for one more Angels recap podcast. That is going to be uh, once the Angels do hire a new manager. We will be back for that, so be sure to stick around, uh, and we're going to give you all the latest uh, when that time comes. Also, we are going to do the Halos Hot Stove podcast, which we talked about before. Again, follow at Angels Radio KLAA uh, for all the information there. I want to thank Shohei Otani uh, for spending some time with me on stage. That was cool to be able to bring that to you. Hey, thanks to all of you. The fans are really, uh, Mike Sosha talked about it at his press conference. The fans make this thing rock, not just on the field, but it's cool doing stuff like this, this podcast, having that interaction. I love the chance to do Angels recap for each and every Angels home game on the radio when fans are tweeting in their comments and I can read your questions and talk about what you guys want to talk about. You can always hit me up at Trent Rush Sports and I'll be able to answer on Twitter. Again, we're going to go dark for a brief period. The radio never stops, by the way. I mean, they're already in Ducks hockey, which uh, is already started. So, uh, but for me, talking about the Angels, um, this is not goodbye. It's more I'll see you around, and I think around is going to be in the near future. So, uh, yeah, just a, a short break for me, and then we'll get back to talking all kinds of Angels baseball. It's going to be a really busy offseason uh, that we are gearing up for and uh, excited for what is to come in 2019 and what the Angels can be. Again, my name is Trent Rush. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast. and. I don't know when the next podcast is going to be, so be sure to stay tuned, and uh, we will be back, I promise you that. Take care, everybody.